the moment. And I know and trust God so much wiser than us when it comes to the reasons as to why we have to wait. And I'm so grateful that he's more tolerant of us than we are of other human beings or my children. Went to Legoland this week with some friends and it was really busy and we had to wait quite a long time in a few queues and by the end of an hour of waiting with three little boys, our patience was dwindling. Um, But I'm so grateful that God isn't like that with us. That even if we're moaning and bored and fed up, that um, he's patient with us. So, Isaiah 40, verse 31 in the Amplified, it says, But those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in him, will power. They will lift up their wings and rise close to God, like eagles rising towards the sun. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow tired. So waiting on God means that we're expecting him to act. That's what that scripture says, that we look for, expect, look for, and hope in him. So it means that we've given him something, we've asked him for something, and then we wait for him to answer or provide. We're expecting, expectingly waiting for him. In Lamentations 3, it says, God proves to be good to the man who passionately waits, to the woman, woman who diligently seeks. It's a good thing to quietly hope, quietly hope for help from God. It's a good thing when you're young to stick it out through the hard times. And when you're old. I tell my children that scripture. And if you read on a little, it says, wait for hope to appear because the master won't ever walk out and never return. Um, Which we can be so grateful for, that God is never going to leave us. We know waiting's a part of life. It's a given, isn't it, that we're going to have to wait for things. And apparently humans spend six months of their life waiting in a line. But I reckon if you're British, it's probably a bit more because apparently we love to queue. Not at not a Legoland. Uh, the, and the Bible talks about waiting a lot, and there are so many examples in the Bible of people that have had to wait. We don't have to look very far to find them. Abraham waited years and years, and he was an old man before God gave him the son that he promised him. Moses waited 40 years, and Jesus waited 30 years before he even performed his first miracle. So if God's making us wait, then we're in good company of all those other mighty people of God. God's always faithful to his promise and we should be assured that God is always actively, powerfully, wisely and lovingly arranging the circumstances of our lives. We know God's timing isn't going to be our timing and the problem with with waiting sometimes is that we don't have all the details. Everything figured out and we want God to move within the little time frame that we've set out for him. But sadly it doesn't work like that. And if God always gave us our hopes and dreams and the desires of our heart straight away, then how would we learn to trust him? How would we become who he wants us to be during that time? God always knows what's best for us. I'm so thankful for that. And he always sees the bigger picture. So we can only see what we can see, but God sees the whole thing. And we know God's plan for our lives is always for good and to help us to prosper. Sometimes it's, a, it's going to be a mystery. We don't know. But God promises that he'll always show up and he'll never be late. Maybe you've been waiting a long time and you've got a bit weary in your way. It's easy to ha- that can easily happen. But we can have faith that the one who made that promise to you 
will see that promise come to pass in your life. And there's always a process and the fulfillment of that promise. And sometimes that process is going to be short. And other times it's so long that we wonder if we heard God right in the first place or he's forgotten us. In, when the wait's long, we can become discontent and grumble and moan. And we get so fixed on what's, gonna, what's next, what we're waiting for, that we don't enjoy the now. And we miss out on the blessings of the now. That wait can be a place of personal growth. It doesn't have to be depressing and boring and frustrating. And how we wait shapes who we become. I know personally that if I'm waiting a long time for God or he's put me in that waiting season, that I want it to be the best time. I want it to be where I grow and where I learn and where I hear God. God's a giver of good things and we've heard the saying many times, it will be worth the wait. But we can trust something, then it's going to be worth it. It will be a good thing that he hasn't given it to us straight away. And I think Quay preached a little um, a few weeks ago and he said sometimes he gives us things and he's the giver of good things. But sometimes we just have to wait because it's not good for us to have it straight away. But we shouldn't give up hope in the waiting season. And I know I want to look back and, and know that the time I used it wisely. It can sometimes feel, like I said, like God's withholding something from us. Why is he not giving us what we want? Especially when we see those around us maybe getting what they've been waiting for before us. And I read this quote online and it says, You should never be jealous of someone who is enjoying the harvest while you're still in the planting season. We know that person's probably had to wait before um, they got what they'd, they reaped, what they'd harvested, and they had to plant too. And I don't know a lot about farming, Jeremy Clarkson's farm on Amazon. But what I did learn from that is that it's hard. And it takes a lot of hard work and long hours to reap the benefits of what has been cultivated for a long time prior to them harvesting it. Maybe we feel like God's silent in the wait. He's not with us. Like that he's abandoned us. And you can feel lost. But thankfully, God promises that he's always with us. That he's never left us. And that he goes before us in all of our situations. And his love and care and faithfulness, it doesn't waver during the way. It's consistent. And he's right there with us, walking alongside us. He doesn't change. He's he's the same as he was yesterday, today, and he's going to be tomorrow. And I've been reminded recently that that same God that's with us in the mountains, when life's really good and we can see the sun and there's no clouds... It's the same God that's with us as we walk through the valley. And God and his ways and the reasons why, we have to know that he still loves us. So I want to look at Moses and the Israelites. As I mentioned, he had to wait. They had to wait. Now, most people know the story of Moses, but I'm just going to remind you in case you've forgotten. But even as a little baby, God, um, Moses was destined by God. He's put in a Moses basket down the, or a basket, down the river by his mum in hope that he would be kept safe. And he was found by Pharaoh's daughter and brought up in the palace as a prince. 
Later on, he noticed the treatment of the slaves by the Egyptians, the Israelites, and he was really unhappy, and he ended up killing an Egyptian, and then he ran away, and he was, he was exiled out of Egypt um, to live as a shepherd. And there God spoke to him through the burning bush about God's plan for his life. And Moses was already 80 at this point, so, and he only lived to be 120, so he was already quite old at this point. But God told him to... Um, we know then that uh, Moses went to Pharaoh and said let my people go. And Pharaoh said, no, not going to. So eventually God sent the plagues and the plagues came and then we read that Moses um, led the Israelites out of Egypt and God parted the sea and the Israelites walked on dry land through the Red Sea and the Egyptians um, didn't follow them. (laughs) And God gave Moses, he showed courage and strength as he walked in obedience at that time. God gave him, then gave him the commandments and they made the tabernacle, which was a sacred place where God's presence was at that time. So the Israelites had just seen the powerful working of God. They'd literally walked through a sea. Yet they started to get um, a bit discontent and they, they disobeyed the commandments that God had literally just told Moses about. And because of it, they even wished, and they even said to Moses, we wish we'd died in Egypt. So they they had to be pretty unhappy to wish that they could go back and be slaves in Egypt. But because of that, the Israelites living at that time, that generation of Israelites, were barred from entering the promised land. And it says in Deuteronomy that not one of this evil generation shall see the good land that I swore to give to your ancestors. Moses himself didn't even enter it because of his his own act of disobedience. But instead, they missed the blessing that God had for them. Instead, they wandered around, it says, in the desert until their whole generation died. God had promised them victory. The land that he commanded them to go to was already theirs. They just had to trust and obey. But, But they didn't, and they missed out. And there's no doubt that God used Moses. He was a mighty man of God. God had brought them so far to take them to what he'd promised them. But because of their actions, and I've seen it, they didn't receive that blessing. They didn't receive what they'd waited for. And that waiting time could have been their making, but it wasn't. It was their breaking. We can look at the young shepherd, David, and he was anointed to become a king of Israel, but it took 20 years for him to become king. And in those 20 years, he served um, at the pleasure of an insecure, controlling king. He uh, faced assassination. He ran and hid. He was isolated. Um, But in that waiting time, God developed him to become the greatest king of Israel. God will never lead us where his grace cannot provide for us or his power can't protect us. He protected those Israelites all that time, bringing them out ready to go into the promised land. He went before them, but they messed it up, didn't uh, reap the benefits. We can't speed up God's timing in our life, sadly, but we can slow it down by how we act and how we wait. 
So how do we wait well? Because the Israelites didn't exactly wait well. So how in our lives can we wait well? When we're waiting for God to deliver his promise to us. I'm going to give you three Ps. The first one is patience, which sounds easy, doesn't it? Simple. All you need is patience. Um, Patience is defined as a capacity to accept or tolerate delay. So it's not just that waiting. It's how we deal with that, the fact that we're having to wait. And patience is a fruit of the Spirit. It's something that God wants us to have and desire to have. And patience is developed through hard times. It's not developed when life's really easy or in that mountain and we've got everything we want. Patience is developed when we're in the valley, when we're struggling. I've been in situations in my life where I look back and think, oh, I think God was trying to teach me how to be patient then because he, I was in that situation for a reason. And in that time, we can become aware of God's faithfulness over and over again and we learn to trust him and take hold of the promises that he set out for us. Change is a process, so we can spend quite a lot of time in this waiting season. It could be really short, it could be years. But I don't want to waste it by being miserable. I want to wait God's way. And maybe if we wait God's way, then we'll find joy during that time and learn to have patience. Psalms 27 verse 14 says, Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. The second P is prayer. It's our most powerful tool. The Bible tells us we should pray about everything and the Psalms are full of David going through his life showing all of, us, all of his emotions to God. Prayer is our act of worship that glorifies God and acknowledges our need for him in our lives. And we get to communicate with the one that made us, the one that knows us best. And it brings that little bit of heaven down to earth with us. God asks us to pray, so we should do it, and we know that he answers prayer. Waiting for God doesn't mean that we pause our prayers while we wait. It means we increase them. If anything, we should be praying more than we did before. And David didn't wait and spend time twiddling his psalms or pacing around. He aligned himself with God and in prayer and in God's word. Romans 12, verse 12 says, Rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. Let us take David's example as an example in our lives and be encouraged that we should keep talking to God and tell him. The third P is praise. In that way, when it can seem hard, we should use that time to praise him. We should give him the praise instead of wallowing, It may be in our self-pity or being a bit fed up. I know that if I'm in the way, I want to praise God like I've already received what I've been waiting for. Be thankful to him for all that he's given us. And if we worship while we wait, it might make it a bit more enjoyable. And means that our heart's in a good place to receive what God wants to give us. In Psalms, it says we should extol the Lord at all times, which means praise enthusiastically. Praise opens doors for us. It's our language of um, faith, and it's the key to joy and peace 
it takes us into God's presence and open the gates of heaven and it can help here and helps us to focus on him. It takes our eyes off ourselves and our situation and puts it on God. We should know that waiting's never wasted, ever. Even if we're still waiting on a promise, we should be full of thanksgiving because God's purpose always prevail. Purposes always prevail. So if you're still waiting on God for something, keep going. Be encouraged that his promise will come into fruition. Keep yourself in that good place. Pray and praise and have patience. And I actually believe that if we, during that time, if we pray and praise him, then that will give us the patience that we need to get through that time. James 1 verse 3 says, For you know when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. That endurance produces character and character produces hope. I think waiting has a a way of bringing out the best and the worst in people. People who don't have very good motives won't want to wait long because they're not interested in the commitment that it takes to see something through. They're too interested in short-term gain or their own success. God used Moses' time of waiting to transform his character. We know that when Moses was young, he was a bit impatient he often uses, used excuses as to why he couldn't do what God had told him to do. But he was given that second chance and he did it God's way. And when he led the people through uh, the Red Sea, I, he was full of courage and obedience and he had to step out in faith. He must have been pretty scared, stood looking at the sea, thinking how, you know, well, this is the end now. The Egyptians are... But he stood out stood up in faith and it transformed Moses the next bit transformed him and it can do the same for us thankfully God never asked us to wait by ourselves I'm so grateful for that that if we're in that waiting season where you feel isolated and no one understands and I've been waiting for ages for this God's right there He hasn't disappeared. He's right there close with us, like he was with the Israelites. His presence is there. It goes with us. It lives in us. If the band could come up now, I'm wrapping up. I want you to be encouraged this morning. Not um, feel downhearted or um, worrying that you're having to wait for something maybe it isn't right. I want you to be encouraged and be bold and courageous. That if you or you feel like God's forgotten you, then be encouraged that he hasn't. That he's always with you and he goes before you. He's promised he's with us. And trust him that he's using this time that you're waiting for your good. That you'll come out of it a better person than you were before you went into the waiting season, just like Moses did. I want to encourage you to walk through your weight with the boldness that God gave us. The braveness that he gave us and the courage that he gives us. 
And let's not forget to thank God. When we get to that finish line or we receive what God's given us and we've been waiting for, let's not forget God. Let's not get so excited that we're like, ah, oh, forgotten that God did this for me. I feel like it can be easy to do that. We can get carried away. I'm going to read Isaiah again just to remind you. But it says, those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for and hope in him, will gain new strength and renew their power. They will lift up their wings and rise up close to God, like eagles rising towards the sun. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not grow tired. Aren't we so grateful that we, all, we won't grow tired because we're with God? We'll rise up with the eagles next to the sun because God's with us. So I want to encourage you to expectantly wait for God to move. Don't forget that he's with us. If you're waiting for something, I, I pray that you'll feel God close to you, that you won't feel abandoned. Lord, I thank you that you're with us, that you go before us in all situations. I thank you that your promises are true and they never, ever fail. Your faithfulness is more than we could even imagine. You'll never go up and you're never going to be late. I thank you, Lord, that you, you don't work in human ways. You don't work how we think you're going to. But Lord, when we look back and see how you've worked and how you've brought us through this place, Lord, that you're with us every step of the way. Lord, help us to not become weary. That says it in that scripture, that we won't become weary, that we will run and not grow tired. I pray for people here, if anyone's waiting on a promise for God, they feel like God has maybe left them to it, that God isn't here. But I want to remind you that God's with you. God hasn't left you. God hasn't abandoned you. He's with you, and I pray you'll feel that in your heart. You'll go out of here encouraged and press into him. Remember to pray and praise him because he's a God that cares. And as a parent, I know that, Lord, I want to give my kids the best things in life. And sometimes that means waiting. And that's the same with us and that you love us. I pray you'll help us to remember you in all that we do. And I thank you thank you that you don't abandon us and you walk with us. You carry us through. In Jesus' name.